The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Matt Straup here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We are at the very end of the month of July. The summer just slogs on. But there actually is, once again, a handful of topics to discuss. With me to discuss those topics, Dr. A, Steve Alexander is here. Steve, let's begin with CJ McCollum, who we are talking about because he received a contract extension from the Blazers. Three years, $100 million tacked onto his existing deal. For me, McCollum, as we talk about his fantasy value, is kind of one of these guys like he couldn't really be much more boring or safe. And I guess in a way, that's a good thing. He was number 60 overall in nine category leagues last year, number 50 the year before that, number 28 the year before that. What are you expecting from McCollum? Do you think we're, he's kind of settled into that 60 range going forward? It kind of feels that way. He's one of those players that I think is better in real life than he is in fantasy. I mean, he's really good. He teams with Damon. Damian Lillard to make one of the best backcourts in the NBA. Just agreed to a massive contract. Puts up really good numbers. I think the problem with CJ is we had high expectations for him as a rookie, which he sort of met. And then we had high expectations as a sophomore, which he, I think, exceeded. But then he just sort of tailed off, and that's what he does. That's who he is. Um, I still really like him a lot. I'm doing this interesting thing with NBC Sports and Pro Basketball Talk where we're we're trying to rank the top 50 NBA players five years from now. And I've got CJ at, I think, number 22 on my list. Uh, so I think he's going to be good for, for a long time to come. Maybe if something happens and him and Damian Lillard break up, we would see CJ step up his game, take it to another another level. But as long as they're together, I think uh, you know number 60 in fantasy is kind of where we're at. I think the key to him for unlocking a slightly higher level of value is his assists, which have gone down the last couple of years. Uh, he averaged 3.6 assists when he was number 28 overall, then 3.4, and then 3.0 last year. I also think he's a guy who you know, is, is a great guy to draft in the middle of your drafts, but I would also want to make some more aggressive picks around him. I think if you have an entire fantasy squad of C.J. McCollum's, I don't think you're winning your league, but I think uh, a C.J. McCollum here and there on your fantasy squad is a good thing, especially, you know, kind of maybe alternate between, uh, you know, adventurous picks and a super safe C.J. McCollum pick. Uh, I like that strategy, Matt. Good call. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Uh, all right, we're moving on from C.J. to a guy who in fantasy is – like on a wildly different plane, uh, Andrew Wiggins. There's a, a blurb up on Roto World about how the, <laughs> the Timberwolves want, excuse me, want Wiggins to improve his shot selection, which is just funny to me because, of course, they do. <laughs> um, Wiggins was 171st overall in nine category leagues last year, despite averaging over 18 points per game. To me, Wiggins is and remains just the ultimate fantasy basketball trap. Like. 
he should be valuable when he's at his best he's phenomenal but you know he disappears and worse than that he kills you in percentages he's he's guy who shouldn't be on waivers but also shouldn't be in your starting lineup <laughs> uh it's basically a fantasy nightmare right i mean the only upside here or the only positive is that he's still so young one of these years he could put it together the problem is you feel compelled to gamble on him you know when it gets late enough in your draft and then all of a sudden he's in your lineup wrecking your fantasy squad am i am i being too harsh here steve not really i mean there's there's guys in the nba like we could put together a fantasy team full of guys where it's really hard to tell whether they help you or hurt you and right. and i think wiggins is sort of like the the grand marshal of that parade. And then Lonzo Ball is right there. Brandon Ingram. There's just these handful of guys that are really good basketball players. But are they helping your fantasy team or do they hurt your fantasy team? And I think Wiggins has sort of been the poster child for that. I kind of like uh, in that blurb, it's like uh, shot selection and shot, shot values are what he needs to work on. And it's not just a suggestion in the NBA anymore. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, he he he's going to need to turn around his whole mindset. And if he becomes an efficient offensive basketball player, he's got a chance to to really become a valuable fantasy player. But as it stands right now, man, it he doesn't belong on waivers and he doesn't belong in your starting lineup. I mean, it's about the best best way you can describe him, I think. Needs to work on being a better basketball player. <laughs> uh no, but I mean really like I do want to see Wiggins do well, you know? I think he has all the tools. That's what's so frustrating about it. I mean, I obviously it's hard to figure it out, I'm sure, in the NBA. I don't, I don't want to make it sound easy. But it's just it's really hard in fantasy to roster him. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr., and again, this is all kind of... All of these blurs fall into the category with Wiggins and Carter Jr., who, you know, we have a blurb up about him looking for... You know, wanting to look for his own shot more. That's not big news... But to me, it gives us a chance to talk about Wendell Carter Jr., who I think is a really intriguing guy in fantasy drafts. He had a stretch last year. I'm just looking at it right now. Or he had a couple stretches last year where he was putting up really high-level value. Well, there was a month uh, early in the season where he was a top 50 guy for for 18 games. 13 points, 8 boards, a couple assists, 0.8 steals, 1.6 blocks, good percentages, low turnovers, to me, I think that's really within reach for him. So I love taking him. Do you like Wendell Carter Jr., Steve? I think I, I do. Um, he doesn't get the hype, especially from from me, and I'm I'm not sure about the other Roto Roto World guys yet. But like the Jaron Jackson Jr. and Mitchell Robinsons and Bagley for Sacramento, like there's guys that I think have a lot more hype that are going to go a lot earlier than Wendell Carter Jr. is going to go. You know, also that core injury he's been dealing with, I guess that's been around since high school. So he had surgery. Maybe he's going to be really healthy for the first time ever. I think there's tons of upside here. I think, like you said, you can get him later than you can definitely get a, some of these other guys, Jared Jackson and Mitchell Robinson in particular, and he could put up similar numbers to them. So I do, do kind of like him as a sleeper. Based on the hype, you would think Jaron Jackson Jr. was, and I know you really like him, Steve, but he was number 89 overall in nine category leagues last year. He could absolutely make a big leap, and I know he had stretches where he was phenomenal. He was 89th. Wendell Carter Jr. on a per-game basis was 117th. I expect both guys to go up, but I don't know. I guess you were hinting at it. Maybe the gap between those two is not as massive as we might think. I think on name recognition and paper, especially – for our readers, because Jonas Nader is 
is walking around with his, you know, he's got seven different uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. shirts. He wears a different one each day and then does laundry again, sort of like me and Lucas. So, I mean, if you read a lot of Jonas and listen to Jonas, your expectations and name identification with JJJ is a lot bigger than it is with Carter. So, yeah, I think I don't think they're that far apart, and I think Carter could end up being a steal in drafts. All right. Some other recent news, DeJounte Murray's recovery from his ACL injury is reportedly going well. He is another, I don't know if I'd say polarizing player, but he's a guy who certainly some of the guys on the Roto World staff absolutely love in fantasy. Mike Gallagher definitely does, last I checked. Um, (laughs) Murray, to me, look, in the 2017-18 season, he had a couple months down the stretch where he was pretty interesting. Yeah, from early January to early March, for example, 10.5 points, 7 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 1.6 steals, 0.5 blocks, just 0.23s during that run, which to me highlights a very notable weakness for DeJounte Murray. Unless he comes back, you know, with improved range, that caps his ceiling for me. I, I don't know. I think if he's a guy you can get late, then I'm all for it. But if he's a guy you have to reach for because others are excited about him, I'm going to stay away. Are you into trying to reach for Murray or you know, and make sure you get him, or are you just going to pick him if he falls to you? Well, I mean, coming off the injury and everything else and the lack of threes and just the unknown, not to mention he plays for San Antonio, which is so boring for fantasy, and they still have Derek White. They still have Patty Mills. They still have a – there are still guys to play point guards. Point guard there, Bryn Forbes uh, is still there. So – there's just too much going on. I, I'm going to let somebody else reach for DeJounte Murray, honestly. Yeah, I feel the same way on that one. I'm curious to get your take, Steve. We've heard we've, we've heard a couple reports, and another recent one came out about Enos Kanter wanting to shoot more threes now that he's in Boston, and they want him to shoot threes is what we've read. Uh, lots of times, this doesn't pan out, right? Like Andre Drummond was going to apparently shoot more threes this year. He did, but he didn't make enough of them. I think Kanter has shown the ability to make threes. So if he's shooting more of them, and let's say he can creep up somewhere in the range of, I don't know, 0.7, 0.8 per game, that's huge for his value because he's not a defensive stats guy. But if he's a points, rebounds, percentages, and threes guy, that makes me a lot more interested in targeting him in drafts. Yeah, and Kander's already a guy where when I think of, when I hear his name, I think, oh, he can shoot threes. Because we've seen him do it in the past. It's not like, it's not like he's going to come out of this like, Shaquille O'Neal all of a sudden in year 12 is like, I'm going to start shooting threes. Like like Dwight Howard said a couple of years ago, he's going to start like shooting Brooke threes. Brooke Lopez actually did. <laughs> well, the whole Brooke Lopez thing, who was the only guy uh, besides Brooke that, oh, uh, Mark Gasol. Mark Gasol and Brooke Lopez, what they did is amazing. And yeah. I feel like Cantor has that sort of stroke and that sort of ability to possibly harness that and, and start doing it. So, yeah, I, I think it helps. Canner's value a little bit that that we're talking about that. And when I hear a coach or a player say, "Oh yeah, Ennis Canner's going to start shooting threes this year," I don't, I don't laugh and push it aside. I think there's a chance he could, you know, make one a game. He was 111th overall in nine category leagues last year in just 25 minutes a game, averaged nearly 14 points and 10 boards. As I said, defensive stats aren't there. 0.5 steals, 0.4 blocks. But if you add threes into that equation, it suddenly becomes a lot more exciting. So I, I'm into Cantor as you get past the middle rounds in your draft as a guy who could see a spike in value next year. 
The last player, Steve, we're going to talk about is Zach Collins, who is reportedly, as of now, set to start at power forward for the Blazers. Steve, your excitement level on Zach Collins starting NBA power forward in fantasy leagues is? It's actually higher than you might think. I mean, Anthony Tolliver and Scal Labissier are guys that he's going up against for playing time. Pau Gasol has been added to the mix. Yusuf Nurkic is hurt. That leaves Hassan Whiteside at center. I think Zach Collins is going to play a lot. And, you know, Myers Leonard is out of the way. I don't have Zach Collins' stats pulled up in front of me. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you're going to fill everybody in on that in a second. But he can shoot threes. I think he can block shots. I think he can play defense. I think he can be an offensive weapon for them. I I really kind of like the situation that he's in. Like Things could not look more promising for Zach Collins than they do right now, which is going to put him on everybody's sleeper board immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I was all ready to talk to you about his splits as a starter, but he actually didn't start a single game (laughs) last year. Uh, In 18 minutes, though, he averaged seven points, four boards, 0.9 0.9 blocks. I, and for me, that's and 0.53s, by the way. And to me, that's why you're drafting him. You know, I don't necessarily expect big volume in like points or rebounds or anything, but, you know, the potential in blocks and with some threes is pretty exciting. So for me, once you're getting later in your draft and you're, you've run out of ideas on how to boost your blocks and there's a scarcity, that's where I think Zach Collins comes into the equation. And I think you maybe have to. Smart fantasy owners, I should say, are going to be thinking along those same lines. So I would get a little aggressive on Collins to lock up those blocks as you get you know, past the middle rounds of your drafts. And I think I would, as we were just talking about Enos Cantor a minute ago, I think I'd probably take Collins ahead of him for the blocks because blocks are so much more scarce. Do you like Collins better than Cantor? Uh, a little bit, yeah. You know, And Collins, Collins played 17 minutes last year, you know, 16 minutes the year before. That should go up to like 24, 25. His usage rate should go up. Lots of things should go up. I, I just think he's on the upswing. I, I don't think he's a guy you want to target anytime before the later rounds of your draft. But, you know, you get Wendell Carter and Zach Collins late in your draft. I think those are good moves. Well, Collins played 18 minutes a game last year, so we can get his per 36-minute numbers without actually even looking them up because he just doubled what he did. And it is around 13 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks a game. So, yeah, that's pretty exciting. And not that he's going to play 36 minutes a game, but again, if he gets into the upper 20s, he could give you something like, you know, 12.6 boards with, you know, a block and a half and hit some threes here and, and there. So, 0.6 deals in a three. That's not bad. Yeah, so I, I'm that. That's a name to keep in mind very much as we get closer to drafts, as we count down the days, Steve, of this long, very hot summer. <laughs> okay, that's about it for us. Don't remember to. Don't remember to make sure you make sure you forget. Uh, subs- <laughs> make sure you forget to subscribe to the show <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. And rate and review the show as well. Uh, I think that's it for us, Steve. Thanks for taking the time, man. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm going to get some sleep, and we will talk to you soon. Me too. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.